0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're at the end of the 16th chapter of Shabbat. And you remember that yesterday we talked about in the fifth Mishnah, we, we talked about spreading a goat skin over a box or a chest or a trunk which had caught fire. Because it only singes. We're not burning the goat skin. We're just going to singe it. And we went from there very gently into the question of what we do if a Gentile comes to help us put the fire out on Shabbat. So we went from, if you like, preventing a fire breaking out to a Gentile coming to help us put out a fire. Now, today we're going to pick up this, the, these, uh, the, this flip-flop, exactly the same flip-flop, covering something up and getting some help. And so we're in the 7th Mishnah, we're in, still in chapter 16, we're in the 7th Mishnah. Rather than spreading a goat skin over the fire, we're going to put a, um, a dish over the fire. We're going to put a dish over it. We can turn a dish over a light so that the beam above it doesn't catch. We're in a small place. And you know, we of course these this is a burning light, right? So it might might catch the beam above. And just to prevent that, we're permitted to put the put a pot over it. And similarly, Vel katan over an infant's excrement. Not clear here, by the way, whether we're talking about that belongs to the infant or whether, you know, this is animal poo which has we're worried about a, a child will stray into, and if this was in the middle of a living space, we could certainly clear it away. But if it's something like you know at the edge of the yard, somewhere where people don't very often go, but where a child might go and we're afraid, then we you know we're not going to move it away, but we might put something over it, just as we put something over the the the, the chest that was on fire, or for that matter, this lamp. And similarly, v'yal sheloti and over a scorpion that it shouldn't bite and the Mishnah seems to gain to be talking about a scorpion that's not dangerous because if the scorpion were dangerous then you could certainly trap it or kill it or get rid of it in some other way we seem to be talking about a scorpion which maybe you know scorpions come in different shades right this must be a small scorpion so there's no danger to life but it's still very uncomfortable if someone if it should bite someone or if it should bite a child maybe so we're gonna we're gonna put something over it, and we are going to be guilty of trapping of Syd, but we've averted any health problem, or we think we have Rabbi a said an incident came before Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai in Arav. We don't know where Arav is. It must It's some place name. Ve'amar chosheshani lo I fear he may be liable to a sin offering. So clearly Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he's a bit... He's ambivalent about this one. And it's very interesting that this question as to what you do with a dangerous creature is discussed in parallel in the Mishnah and Eduyot. Eduyot's a very old Masechet. It's not structured along um, topical lines like all the other tractates of the Mishnah are. Eduyot means witnessing and it's just a long list of things that people witnessed. It's a long list of sayings arranged in order of the people that witnessed them if you like. And interestingly, Rabbi they said three things before Rabbi Yishmael. He's again, he's an old school guy. He's just of the generation of uh, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. He didn't declare them as either permitted or forbidden. So it's a gray area, right? This is a gray area. And the second one of these, I've just... If you like, just copied and pasted only the pit we need from this Mishnah. the second was the al Shabbat, someone who trapped a snake on Shabbat. This is just like the scorpion we're, we're just capturing it on Shabbat, and the Mishnah Eruyot goes on to say the imita yishakenu. if we trap if we got involved with it so it shouldn't bite someone patur that's okay if we're trying to make some kind of medicine out of something in the snake, we're guilty. So the Mishnah in seems to be saying, look, if we're anxious about if we're anxious about ill health, then we're going to push the boundary on trapping. In order to not to run a risk. And then just as the Mishnah that we learned yesterday went from Preventing injury to getting Gentiles to help. So this Mishnah, it's the last Mishnah in the chapter, goes on to say, etaner. A Gentile lights a lamp; a Jew can use the light. The asur. But if it's for the sake of a Jew, it's forbidden. We can't ask. The the Gentile can't light the lamp for the sake of a Jew, or well, we certainly can't ask him to do so. Really interesting clash, by the way, with the medieval Shabboskoy, who would certainly come in and do something for the sake of a Jew. And the Mishnah goes on: lahashkot behemat behemto. Maybe he draws water to water his animal, and the the cistern is considered a private place. And if we draw water, we're drawing it essentially into the public domain. So this is a bit like carrying from public, from private to public. So he filled up a water bucket to water his animal. And the Mishnah goes on, acharav Yisrael, A Jew can water after him, can use some of the water. But the same closure, Yisrael Asura." But if it's for the sake of a Jew, it's forbidden. What about coming off a ship? Maybe a ship has docked on erev Shabbat. It's docked just before Shabbat. Can we get off the ship on Shabbat? A kevesh Le Redbo. A gentile made a plank to descend off the ship. Yoreda harav Yisrael, a Jew can descend after him. Same closure. This is like halachic poetry. The imbi Yisrael asur, and if it's for a Jew, it's forbidden it happened that Rabangamliel and the elders were traveling in a ship there are many many stories by the way about Rabangamliel and the elders who were traveling in a ship and it seems like they went to Rome a number of times by ship obviously because you couldn't get to Rome any other way in those days before they had planes and they certainly wouldn't go by land you but in Basfina, so they were traveling, and they came in a ship, kevesh, and a Gentile made a plank for getting off. And Rabban Gamliel and the elders descended by. it. And so we know, of course, from observing what happened, that this is permitted. The ship must have docked just before Shabbat, because if the ship had docked on Shabbat, I don't think he would have got off it. So that is the close of the 16th chapter. And then as we begin the 17th, and I wanted to just touch on the 17th today because it's such an important chapter and we can't get through it in. in, Well, we're going to take many sessions to get through it. The 17th chapter begins with things that we pick up and we don't pick up. So we can see again, we seem to be going flip flop, issue Gentile, issue Gentile, and the issues are connected. We covered the, um, the, the casket or the trunk that might have had a fire burning in it. We covered the lamp that was um, a danger to the beam above it on Shabbat. And now we're going to say generally, all utensils or all kelim may be carried on Shabbat and their doors with them. When the Mishnah talks about Kalim, it's more like the English word gear or stuff. Basically, anything can be a Kli other than anything can be a Kli if you use it. So a book is not a Kli. I think a writing, a book is definitely not a Kli. And something which is fixed to the ground like a house is not a Kli. But just about anything else is a kli. It could be your clothes, your cooking pots, your tools. If you're a workman, and we're going to see many, many examples of these, and some of them might not be suited to work on Shabbat. So, for example, can a workman, uh, I don't know, pick up his axe on Shabbat if he's a if he's a woodworker? So the Mishnah is going to, and we we know there are certain. Well, we're going to learn that there are certain tools associated with the forbidden activities which we won't pick up on shabbat there are certain tools there are certain objects which are considered disgusting so again we're linking back into the the mishnayot which we learned today so something which is considered disgusting that you wouldn't pick up on shabbat um, but in general the principle is anything that is a utensil can be carried on Shabbat, and their doors with them, by the way. This might be a trunk, for example, that's got a lid. Afalpi shenit Shabbat, even if they became detached on Shabbat. Domin lezal Tot because they're not like the doors of a house, the Muchan, which are not set aside for use the qualification for something being carryable on shabbat and being not muptza is that it might be used on shabbat in minhamuchan uh, means something which is set aside so that we could use it on shabbat and then as the 17th chapter progresses we're going to see more and more answers more and more examples of these kind of things, which can be carried on Shabbat, because they they can be set aside for use on Shabbat. So we'll explore this more and more. And I just want I, I we're gonna I I can't resist mentioning that this seventeenth chapter, which begins with Kol hakelim nitalim, b'Shabbat vidal totehen, all utensils can be carried on Shabbat in their doors. Actually, ends Kol kisuye hakelim sheyesh lahem b'ait ach bayt achiza nitalim b'shabbat or lids of utensils that have got a handle may be carried on Shabbat. So we are going to circle, as we learn the 17th chapter, we're going to circle around things which we're going to carry on Shabbat, and particularly utensils and things which are attached to utensils like lids and doors. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.